Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. I know I don't normally start, but I wanted to opt in this time. My name is Bryson, the normal crew. We got Maxwell over in the corner, and we have the lovely Kara. But anyways, we are here to uh, interview our lovely host, Maxwell. Hey, um, I have a preference for you. Never call me Maxwell again. Maxwell. Thank you. <laughs> Max, we'll call him Maxi Poo. That's even worse. <laughs> That's his name in my contact, actually. It's just Maxipu, but we're not going to talk about that. All right. Well, welcome to the In Jesus' Name podcast. He gave the first intro. I'm going to give the second. This is an interview-style podcast. I'm joined by Bryson and Kara. He already introduced them, but now you get the second time. Um, and how this podcast works, we're going to be in... We're going to be interviewing each individual person over the next couple of weeks. We are now on week four, and I am now on the chopping block. So they will be picking apart my testimony and bullying me for the next better half of an hour. Um, let's go ahead and get started, because I'm, I'm ready for this. You're ready, um, you're ready to get bullied. Yeah, I went on Omegle, and I told everyone that I um, played Fortnite, and they um, bullied me. So I got my training out of the way See, this is like those reddit communities where it's like you put a post in and it's like can you roast me and then you get the most vicious things okay roast me Except, no i'm gonna do the opposite i'm gonna compliment you this man has been working on his hair for the longest time ever since a horrible incident with a hairstylist he got a horrible <laughs> hair but i am proud to say that it has grown enough that it's no longer bad so that's what i'm gonna say Thanks, Bryson. He was very angry with the hair salon for the longest time. I actually thought my hair got fixed the night that I called my friend Barbara to come fix it. But if you disagree and are saying just now is the only time ever it's ever looked nice, thank you. You're welcome. That, but you, you're the one that told me my haircut wasn't that bad like 18 different times. I know, I was complimenting. Which means you were lying, which yeah, I yeah, accused yeah. you of, and then you were really upset that I accused you of lying. What's your most embarrassing high school photo? That's your job to find. I shouldn't have to expose <laughs> it. You want him to embarrass himself. No, we're going we're gonna to drop it. We're going to drop it. For our viewers who are watching the video, can you give a description of it, Kara? It's a school ID photo. If you want to see it, it will be on our Instagram um, under the uh, <laughs> post called Maxwell Student ID. Otherwise, if you're not watching the video <laughs> podcast, that means you're just going to have to miss out. That's, I wouldn't say that's not too embarrassing. Oh, that's the only photo I have from high school. Next best question. Does pineapple belong on yes. pizza? Yes, 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 and yes. And if you disagree with me, then I promise you I will personally disagree with you as well. That was I, a I, lot of buildup for a very, uh, very Well, nice I decided I didn't want to say anything too mean. Three, decisions. two, one. That was a very Chris. clean clap. <laughs> that was such a perfectly wow. clean clap that I'm going to leave it in. Okay, yeah, th that was, yeah. Anyways, we just clapped to sync the audio, but that was so cool. So we're going to leave it now. Want to try that again? I'm no, <laughs> if we try that again, that's going to be really embarrassing. What is your go-to Bible verse on a rainy day? <laughs> First Peter 5, 14. And what does that say? Greet all your brothers with a kiss of love. Bryson? You didn't greet me when I walked in this morning. That is correct. That is very correct. Would you like to pretend this conversation never happened? I am very up for that. I agree wholeheartedly <laughs> with that. I mean, I was I was thinking you were going to say, uh, what is it, Ecclesiastes 11? 411. 4.11. <laughs> it is not good for one to sleep alone. For if he is alone, how can he keep himself warm? 
Amen, brother. But if two are sleep together, then they keep I stole that verse from someone else. We should give dating advice. Mm, definitely not. <laughs> Especially not you. No comment. Why? Amen. You're brother. welcome. If Amen, you were listening, looking for dating advice, you did not honestly, come to the none right of place. these three people, myself included. I said three people. We're three people. No one here is good at dating advice. Especially not her. She's just nodding her head. I, I'm pointing at everyone. We're all terrible. Anyways. If anything between me and you, I think we we make more of a Proverbs 31 woman than Kara does right now. That's crazy. To be honest, it does say that the Proverbs 31 woman. Never mind. I'm not going to say. No, actually, I wanted to uh, bring up the idea in case our audience may not be aware. A few of them might. But Max actually has a good social media presence on TikTok. I want to know what was the lesson for when when what was your the lesson for your most recent post? <laughs> oh, it, it was Luke uh, thirteen one through five. Yeah. What, what what did that read about? Uh, go read Luke thirteen one through five. Kidding. Um. G- so it's uh this story in Luke. Uh, these people go up to Jesus and say, "Hey, there are these Galileans." that Pilate has mixed the blood with sacrifice and he killed them, basically. Pilate killed these Galileans and they were informing Jesus about it. And Jesus responds by saying, do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than you guys because they died this way? And Jesus answers his own question by saying, surely not. Anyone who does not repent will perish. And we Christians obviously are kind of goofy and for some reason we tend to think we might be above other people and that we're more worthy of being saved or whatnot. But in reality, unless we all repent, we will all face the same doom. There's no Christian who is a greater person as a sinner. Like, there's no Christian who is less of a sinner than everyone else. However, when you are a Christian, you're saved by grace. So you're saved, but you're still equally as bad of a sinner. Yeah, and I think an easy misconception is people kind of put Christians in a bubble of like, y'all think you're perfect and stuff. And if any Christian tries to act that way, I am very sorry on our behalf. But we also go through suffering every day. We get angry. We get impatient. We get upset. We honk our horns in traffic. I feel like more non-Christians look at church people and people who go to church as more like perfect people than actual other Christians see each other. I remember when I didn't believe in people, like in people, whoa. People exist. When I I didn't believe in Jesus and I was a non-believer, I used to think of church people as these like goody two-shoes, good always 24-7. They're like borderline perfect. And that's just how I saw those kind of people. Mm -hmm. And then I became one and I realized, oh, dang, they're really not. I say realistically, the church is full of hypocrites when you think about it. Yeah. Because we are full of trying to be good when we fail over and over again, get back up, fail over and over and over again. Yeah, there's that famous quote. Um, it's equally as stupid to walk into a gym and see a bunch of fat people and be upset about it as to walk into a church and see a bunch of hypocrites, liars, and sinners and be like, yo, that's stupid. Why are you guys here? You shouldn't be here. It's equally mm-hmm. as stupid. I said it backwards, but it doesn't matter. So when you became a TikToker and like what started that? That's actually a fun story. Okay. It, got, it kind of dives into a little bit of my testimony but I just remember when I initially became a Christian, I had this like sort of visionary kind of thing, a vision thing that I was like, I could see myself teaching 
and making Christian TikToks. And I thought that was hilarious. And then I didn't do anything for three months. Yeah, I was at summer camp uh, when I had that. So I thought it was just a camp high. And I remember it came to my mind again and I opened something in the Bible and it basically was like, hey, it's, it's a bad idea not to do what God has told you to do. So I essentially go, all right, cool. I'm going to make a Christian TikTok. And I made a couple of videos and it resonated with some people. And now there's a few people who listen and watch some of the videos. And a few people were talking, you know, several thousand or it's just something, something like that, right? Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't keep it at least, but famous. It, it has grown quite a significant amount since a few people. And would you say that it matters how many people follow you? No, it doesn't. Why? Uh, two reasons. One, I don't believe in that there's any actual fame in TikTok celebrity status. So even people with 5, 10 million followers, I've actually seen this. Uh, a lot of these people will host like fan meetups and maybe one or two people show up. Hmm. But they have this massive social media presence. But TikTok and Instagram and those, they don't really necessarily create fans of you. They create fans of your 60 second video. And people don't necessarily get hooked on the person themselves unless you're in like the top one or one percent, you know, like the Charlie D'Amelio's of the world and the the world. Like there's mega famous people. Unless you're one of those top people on those social media platforms, you're borderline irrelevant. Or like you have a platform outside. One, I'd never see those people as famous in my eyes. So I never think of it as that I'm at all relevant. Second off, I don't think I should. Yeah, And I just fairly comfortable that I most of the time I do forget about that I have that like there will be sometimes like I'm out and I meet someone and they're like hey what's your Instagram and I'm like oh yeah here's my Instagram and then I just give my Instagram instinctively and they're like I'm like what oh and I completely slipped my mind <laughs> so the funny thing about my Instagram account that was my personal account and I just started reposting my TikToks on there and then God bless that account to reach some people there and I was just like dang now I can't really use this as my personal account. Yeah. So I've been actually thinking about making a, another account to post personal stuff on. How has that affected your life or shaped your life? I would say that I'm not really shaped by it. And it's more like something I like to do. Okay. Um, I do, I would admit that my prior job was doing social media work. And it's something I'm just really passionate about. And I love computers. I love tech and I love cameras. I love all these things. They're just fun for me because obviously if I try to create a career out of it, I must like it some bit. And I know that God has used all of the skills to create this sort of ministry that was really, I mean, it still really is a one man ministry, um, but it's allowed me to meet so many people and grow. I got invited to some events and I was able to travel with Bryson here actually because of TikTok. Because of TikTok was the only reason we were able to join this amazing organization that helped us. And it was just an amazing experience for both of us. But overall, it really is just something that has only been an addition to my life and it's never taken from me. How old were you when you posted your first TikTok? 16? 17? Not too long ago. What was the video? <laughs> so when you look it was back, really cringe. have you watched your first one we'll in a long it. time? I haven't seen it recently, but I can remember. It is from Acts, the book of Acts. It's a message on it. And I was scared to show my face. <laughs> and I was also scared to use my voice. I didn't want people to recognize me. 
And then when I made my second video, I go, wait, that's stupid. Why would I not want people to recognize So me? did you like use like, a narrator for voice? Or? Yeah, exactly. So my <laughs> second video, I actually used my face. But the first one, it was so awkward that I just read the verse. The verse was like, brothers, uh, it is through this man, Jesus, that there is forgiveness of sins, something the law could never do. Yeah. Mm. And I'll be honest with you, when I made that video, I, don't even, I didn't even know what that verse meant but it just felt like a gospel proclaiming message. So to young me was like, just just say the words and then be like, yeah, guys, go repent, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go have fun, guys. Yeah, basically, that, that was really all that sort of was on my end. Well, what I like about that verse is that it's basically giving the solution about the problems we're having today with people, with non-believers, you know, and believers, um, of people thinking that you have to do all these different kinds of things in order to... Have a relationship with God, and that you have to follow this law, this rule book, so so to say. They often think of the Bible as a rule book, um, but the answer is really Jesus. And knowing that, like, if you just keep coming back to Him, you look to Him, you ask for forgiveness, um, and you're like, you're sincerely trying to like, just figure it out, just like everybody else. Like, it's believing in Jesus, believing that He died and that He saved you from your sin, and like, you can be saved from that. And so it's like, it gets rid of the rule book because. God came in place of the rule book to fulfill the rule book so that you wouldn't have to. And so now we get to just believe in him knowing that, okay, like the rule book is already like broken. It's already like, it's already yeah. gone. So like it's out the window. Like it makes it, it opens it up for all people to be able to receive him. Not just those who can, you know, follow the rule book the best. Yeah, and I remember from one of the gospels, I'm totally blanking on which one it was. I think it was repeated in a few of them when Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and he's explaining to them, go and learn what this is. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Um, yeah, that applies to the whole following the law religiously, strictly, you know, you do no, no labor on the Sabbath, no healing on the Sabbath, and just all these other things of just, you know, your worship and your sacrifice and your offering. If you don't do it, you're a, a bad Jewish at that time, Jew at that time period. But when Jesus tells him, I desire mercy, you know, and that Jesus being able to offer comfort to these these blind people, these suffering people, these people with seizures and ailments and demons and spirits, and being able to demonstrate this kind of mercy to his disciples for them to reciprocate and for us to reciprocate. I know, of course, we're not going around doing miracles every single day, but we're still able to practice that same aspect of mercy and gratitude and love for one another and charity yeah. and i just think that's incredible that in your own personal ministry and in the ministry within this podcast like you have grown a lot in your walk with god and you've been able to practice that kind of mercy onto other people like you take time out of your day to post these this content these verses and even if, like, you know, when you may even mentioned, like, you were, you were young, you didn't really know the context, didn't know what the verse meant. But that's powerful that you're able to pursue it anyways and you grow with it and you're, you deliver it to people. You deliver that to, and you know, your audience, your growing followers. And then, I mean, you've told me a lot of stories, but can you tell me, like, what was one of your best experiences from, like, comments like praising you and telling you like how you changed your lives like do you have any stories off the top of your mind about that uh when people tell me that 
that my videos have changed their lives or anything like that or like they've impacted them positively i always tell them i'm glad it impacted you positively it wasn't me it was god and i'm just grateful to be used by god i'll be honest with you they're not anything too specific that i can remember but i have had many interactions with people and various various texts that i have sent um, long paragraphs explaining things but honestly, the fact that people ask me questions makes me really happy. I love being asked and I love answering questions because I know when people ask questions, they're looking for answers and that means they want to know more and that makes me happy and it warms my heart knowing people want to know more about God. What was your life like before you came to know the Lord? Before you became a believer? Um, that's a question. Very loaded question. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I... That it's a question that's hard to answer, mostly because I I really can't remember all too much because I feel like the most significant portion of my life happened after I met Jesus. So um, two years ago, a little over that, um, I became a believer and I was saved. So before that, I would say just growing up, um, I did go to to a church on Christmas. And my dad was a believer, kind of, and my mom was a believer as well. Um, but my dad passed and didn't really continue going to church much after that. Um, we didn't go much in the first place, but, you know. And I never I never really grew up in that church experience. I did go to VBS, and I did watch VeggieTales growing up. But apart from that, I had no other Christian influence in my life growing up. Um, so, yeah, just before that, I just... So there was not much Christian influence, and right before being being a believer, I was definitely just a guy that played with cameras and stuff like that. I was just a nerdy kid, not a nice kid either. I was a, I was a pretty mean guy. I was I I would say borderline. My personality was just toxic. Are we talking like Netflix teenage kind of bully or? Uh, when I say I was a toxic person, I'm not talking about Netflix. <laughs> to be honest, I don't really watch Netflix. But um, I just say to the point where is I feel like I was just a nuisance to be around and that the people that were around me were people that thought like me and they weren't good people either. And because neither of us were good people, we made each other worse. Um, I loved making fun of people. Um, like when I, and I, I tease and joke about people now. But when I say made fun of people... I did it behind their backs. I did it to their faces. I would say the most horrific things I could say just because it would upset them. And I liked the idea that people got upset when I made fun of them. Don't know why. I was a weird kid growing up. And I was just, just, I was just being terrible to be terrible. Really. You'd say like you were kind of like fed or stimulated by misery of others in a way, which is a weird way to put it, but I don't really know how else to explain it. I think I, when I was younger, I was just into the idea of roasting people. And I thought it was really fun and funny. Hmm. And because of that, it just became super significant to me for no reason growing up. And I just made fun of people almost secondhandly without even thinking about it. Was this during your time as a Minecraft YouTuber? Next question. <laughs> <laughs> so how did, um, how did you start getting back into church? Um, so he mentioned it already. I am a former Minecraft YouTuber and that is a, horrific thing to ever admit out loud with your <laughs> voice i made videos playing video games basically and i was just a mean guy and i made a lot of inappropriate jokes one summer i think it's 2022 or 2000 not 2022 but 2021 or 2020 during the covid year 
my mom felt a mission on her heart to bring me to church and to bring me to Jesus, but COVID happened. And my mom is one of those end times people. She goes, oh, yep, he's coming back. The rapture. He's coming back. The rapture. Oh, he's coming back. You know, and then she's like, it's got to be sooner than that or later. So my mom tried to get me to read the Bible with her. Um, what she would do is she would sit me and my brother down on the couch. She would read to us for the Bible and then quiz us. I'll be honest with you. I didn't retain anything. What I was doing was I was basically daydreaming as she read the Bible, but I was looking for buzzwords. Like if she said something more than once, like if she said Joseph, I'm like, oh, then I should remember the name Joseph. If she, because my mom repeated herself a lot. So listening to her read the Bible, I was just doing it to find answers, to respond to her, to answer her quizzing. Because if, if I didn't, she would have turned off the Wi-Fi for the rest of the day. It's a punishment oh, no. for listening to her. The dreaded I'm punishment. just kidding. Um, she would have turned it off for a week. Anyways, but um, my, um, I love my mom. Uh, at some point, she realized that really wasn't getting us into wanting to be a Christian. And things started just fading off and i'd say like four or five months later my mom eventually fully gave up on that and we're still in the covid year so i'm not i'm barely attending school i'm going um to online school on zoom and i'm just clocking into the account you know whatever setting an alarm for an hour and then leaving and switching classes and sleeping the entire time every single class like clockwork i was sleeping but um at some point my mom finds uh the chosen and I'm sorry if my mom watches this. Um, she was playing it for us, and I didn't want to watch it. Why? So my mom had shown me cringy Christian Hallmark movies in the past that I didn't want to watch another one. So when I thought it was one of those, I had signed into the Xfinity account on my phone, and I was planning on turning off the Wi-Fi and saying we had Wi-Fi problems. Trying to, trying to get in order to get off. out of it. <laughs> So it wouldn't have worked. Luckily, my mom hit play, and in three minutes, I was hooked. And I just didn't turn it off, and I wanted to watch the whole episode. And I was like, man, episode two, come on, binge watch. Let's go, let's go, let's go. What was it about the episode that like caught your attention? It just was different. It was just a good episode. It, it, it really impressed me. This ain't like honest, those other Hallmark movies. I didn't watch it because it was Christian, and I didn't watch it because of anything. I watched it because I was engaged in the storyline that was going on. To me, it was just like watching any other show or a movie. It was really just entertaining, and that was the only reason I was watching. So because of that, I just wanted to watch for that reason. I wasn't actually watching to be a Christian or anything. Sooner after that, I actually started getting Christian TikToks. I think my phone listens to me. So when I started talking about Jesus, my phone was like, oh, let's start showing him Christian videos. That's my theory, at least. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure my phone listens to me because very randomly, I get very specific ads for things I complain about. Anyways, um, my phone is listening to me right now. It's going to give me podcast recommendations after this. Like, here's how to make a better podcast. Um, stop being an idiot. But anyways, <laughs> um, my... Um, my, my For You page just became Christian content. My mom started attending church online during the live streams because COVID, um, and I just started attending with her. And then they announced baptisms one Sunday, so I go, you know what? It's time for me to get baptized. So I pull up to church. In fact, me and my brother are supposed to have, we have a, we were supposed to get baptized together. My brother bailed that last second, and it was just me. And my mom was like, well, if you don't really want to get baptized, we can go. And in fact, actually, a fun fact about that, our car wasn't starting, 
and we were going to be late and just not get back. I was just wasn't going to get baptized. But luckily, someone comes by and go, hey, I can help you. Helped us start our car, and we were there perfectly on time, yeah. which That's my crazy. mom thought was a sign. But then, you know, I was like, uh, do I need to get baptized, really? Like, maybe not right now. Maybe I'm rushing it. Anyways, I get rushed into the room because I'm a little late, and they're playing a Darman video in the middle of service, which I thought was hilarious. Um, I'd really never been to that church that I was getting baptized at at that point. Uh, but I went through the whole process, got baptized by this amazing bald man named Pastor Aaron. Pastor and, Aaron Jensen. Yep, Pastor Aaron Jensen. And I just want to say two things about that day. Um, Kara, one of my fellow co-hosts here, was also baptized the exact same day and like four or five people ahead of me when we got baptized in this line of people. And it's crazy. I find that crazy because yeah. here we are two years later running a podcast show together. It's kind of cool. Anyways, um, I love Pastor Aaron. Pastor Aaron really um, was just the goat of pastors. He was a really good guy, one of the most genuine people I've ever met. But basically, I get baptized, and as I'm walking out, I don't even consider myself saved when I got baptized because that's not when it happened. That's not when I met Jesus. That's when I did like the ritual kind of stuff. Um, what I actually got saved was when Pastor Aaron went up to my mom and said, hey, I want your son to go to summer camp and that camp leaves in like 17 hours. And I laughed it off because my mom was extremely strict during COVID. I wore a mask to like 24-7, um, never left the house. My mom would make me stay home while she went and got groceries. I had to put a mask on to go carry the groceries upstairs. That's how overprotective my mom was about COVID. So the idea of her letting me go to a summer camp four hours away or whatnot. W, mom. And... Aaron very easily convinced my mom, which I thought could not be done. I met Jesus at that summer camp. And I even mentioned that I said, I had this weird vision of being a Christian TikToker. It was at that summer camp, my first ever one. Been a Christian maybe less than 24 hours at that point. And I felt like God already gave me a vision of what I was going to be doing for a little while. But anyways, from that point on, I've just consistently been a Christian. Um, obviously I've had times where I've had my mountaintop experiences and then I've had my low, low valleys, but I'll be honest, very grateful to be a Christian. How old were you when, uh, you went to summer camp? 16. Hmm. You actually believe in coincidences? Coincidences aren't real. They're invented by the government. No, I'm just kidding. Just um, like birds. <laughs> Sorry. Conspiracy <laughs> theories run in my family. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, um, no, of course not. Uh, there's no such thing as a coincidence because if God ordains everything and he's in control ultimately and his sovereignty is over everything, if he wants something that's going to happen that's very oddly specific, it's not a coincidence. It's decided. So do you think that someone, so like your car breaking down, but then you also having the opportunity to make it to church, like do you see that as? I see that as the enemy was trying to stop what God was going to do. Because if I didn't get to that church and I didn't get baptized, I would have never met Aaron. I would have never gone to that summer camp. I would have never experienced Jesus for my first time. And if I never experienced Jesus for the first time, I would have never cut back, came back to a luke, like if, like a lukewarm church for like a half a year, then met a group of passionate believers who inspired me to do better and move on. And I would never have done any of the things that I do today. Wow. So if it weren't for that car, that one person that walked up and said, hey, your car's broken down, I'll help you fix it. But uh, I think she was a Christian woman. Um, she had a cross on her car. So what do you think about people wearing crosses on their necks and oh, the earrings, the cross earrings? And does that mean anything? Or <laughs> Well, no. Wearing a cross doesn't make you a Christian. 
just the same way um, pu- uh, putting on a chef's hat makes you a chef, right? Or wearing tight clothes doesn't make you uh, an athlete. And why is that? Uh, because it's an outward appearance. Um, now, personally, I do wear a Christian cross. With a cross like, is it, it's a personal reminder to me. Not all the time is it always out like this. I think it looks cool sometimes, so I have it out. But a lot of times, it's always underneath, and I never take it off. I did have a brief moment where I had it off for like four or five days because it broke, but it's on now, and it's not coming off for a while. I've been wearing this cross since like two years ago, um, and personally, it's I've gotten a lot of comments actually about it. Um, people are like, why are you wearing the cross that they killed Jesus with? That's like it's act. That's a sign of, um, of Roman crucifixion, not of a sacrifice. I go, well, to be honest, the Lord sees our heart and our heart, pers- our heart posture is important, right? If I wore this cross to advertise Roman punishment, God knows. He knows why I wear the cross. I wear the cross as a personal reminder to me of what Jesus did every time I look at it. And there are plenty of times where I'll be just chilling, you know, and I'll just grab my cross and I look at it and I go, man, he was nailed on this, like a thing like this. And people have different reasons for wearing crosses. And I know there's a lot of, it's a fashion statement to wear crosses. People wear cross earrings that are non-believers or cross necklaces or cross bracelets. I, I feel like I've seen that more frequently out in public. Like I'll, I'll see people who wear like tattoos of crosses and necklaces and like earrings like you just mentioned, but based off their behavior, I don't get the feeling that they know Jesus personally by any means. Yeah, see, people, some people will get it tattooed on them because that's their religion and that's something they believe in. Um, some people will get it tattooed on them because it's a deep word, inward faith. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest with you, you don't need a tattoo. No. And if you're thinking yeah. about getting a tattoo, you don't need it. You don't need a cross necklace. You don't need any of those things. Your faith is inward. Yeah. yeah. Now, you can have an outward expression. That's fine. And I know there's verses in the Bible that prohibit tattoos. If you read in context, those are not speaking the same thing. They are not sinful. In my perspective, in my study of it, I do not believe tattoos are a sin. Um, while other Christians will come out and beat me up for saying that, I would be, I would, I'd be on the side of, you can get a tattoo if it's again an outward expression of your faith yeah. or it's if it's not an idol if it's not used for the wrong reason so if you're getting a tattoo for the wrong reason and you know it don't get a tattoo yeah and paul touches on that idea in i believe it's romans when he talks about do not deliver do not eat food that is delivered to idols and if your brother sees you and he does the same you're directly causing him to stumble so don't do any action or behavior that will cause yourself to stumble into sin or your friend to stumble into sin. And so if you have a tattoo that has, you know, a face on it, you know, we're told not to, you know, put idols on our bodies. If we put something that's immoral or kind of encouraging a bad thought or a bad idea or a bad behavior, then then that's when we can really look at that tattoo and be like, is this really worth putting on ourselves? You know, if you want to have tattoos, good for you. I I'm not against it. Um, it's not how I practice my faith, but if you want to do that and put tattoos on your body, go ahead. Have you ever met someone like in in public who who openly wears a cross, but they don't know what it means at all? Absolutely, without a doubt. Um, I, when I was in high school, um, a lot of people wore crosses who didn't understand what it meant. That um, they just wear it because it looks cool. 
So how do you like have, what, do you consider those opportunities to share the gospel with them in those moments? Absolutely. Yeah. Anyone who claims to be a believer or thinks they are, but doesn't actually know Jesus um, is someone that still needs to be saved. Absolutely. Have you in the past experienced tax evasion? Oh, I've done it. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Whoa, whoa, whoa. If the IRS is watching this, I pay all my taxes on time. You even know how to pay taxes. Um, next question. <laughs> Are you still a Minecraft YouTuber? No, we're not answering questions about that. We that ship sailed a little while ago, but if you for your answer, <laughs> no, but we're not answering any more questions about that. All right. What is your favorite Bible verse? Wow. That was a deep <laughs> and thought-provoking verse. But guess what? I am going to answer that question no. for you. Hebrews chapter okay. 10 okay. verse 14. My actual favorite verse says or by his one-time sacrifice, we are forever perfected, or he has forever perfected those he is sanctifying. And for me personally, I was dealing a lot with being a Christian and feeling like I was backsliding and I was a terrible Christian and feeling like I just wasn't worth it. Mm-hmm. And it was a beautiful testimony of this guy um, who went to prison, I heard. Uh, and it changed my perspective when I read this verse and forever will changed my perspective mm-hmm. um, by Jesus's one-time sacrifice. All believers are perfect before God. And it even agrees with this in three verses ahead. It quotes a verse from the Old Testament saying that God remembers our sins no more. He chooses to forget them when we accept Jesus. So as a believer before Christ, we're perfect. However, we're still being sanctified. Yeah. So in, in the earth, okay, while we exist, we are not perfect we're striving to be, but we're never going to be, and we're developing. We're getting better over and over and over. We're being strengthened up, yeah. but we're never going to reach perfection this side of eternity. Now, if you believe differently than I do, no hate to you. We all have our different beliefs. There's different denominations that disagree on these topics for a reason. I'd say as long as you get the essentials, Jesus Christ is Lord, died for your yeah. sins. Yeah, definitely. That kind of makes me think about, so what does that mean, per se, for an unbeliever? Because we can say Christ died for your sins, he loves you, you're purified, you're sanctified. But what if a believer, uh, sorry, an unbeliever comes to you and says, there's no way God could ever do that for me. I'm a horrible person. I've done X, Y, Z. How do you, how do you talk them down from that? I think the best way to talk an unbeliever down is to tell them the gospel. Mm. Because if we start from Genesis, the beginning of the Bible, every single person's a failure to God. We all fall short. Mm-hmm. Because of that, there's not a single person who is considered good and deserving. Because of that, we all need Jesus. I might even bring up the Luke 13, 1 through 5 I mentioned earlier mm-hmm. about, or do you think you're a worse sinner than these people? And a lot of Christians modern day now, um, because over time it's always been uh, some judgy Christians against some non-believers we have a lot of judgy Christians in our church who will judge people of the LGBTQ community or other communities diversely from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, well, they can't be saved because they're just too far gone. They're wicked. They're evil. They want terrible things. And they have this woke agenda. Um, not realizing that the grace of God can cover definitely what they've done and so much more. It's a pride that's building in Christians. And I think in like the heat of those kind of spiritual battles, we forget that they're people too. I also believe that there will be a revival among 
LGBTQ plus community. Yeah. And I believe that a lot of them will be will bring, like be brought to Jesus and they will be transformed. And it's already happening. There are plenty of people who've been through the transformation, uh, uh, the transformation of God, and it's beautiful. Um, just similarly, like, have you guys seen the movie Jesus Revolution based yeah. off the true mm-hmm. story of the hippies? Yeah, these Christians <laughs> at the time thought that these hippies were so bad that they were corrupting society and they needed to be stopped. Mm-hmm. But then one man decides, hey, hold up. Why don't we give them Jesus? And when they were given Jesus, Christianity spread through the West the West Coast so fast. Because didn't that start in California? Started in California, yep. And which is crazy because if you think about California today, yeah, I would it's... not expect a move of God in California. And it's actually one of the greatest failures in all of American history. Yeah. Um, when it comes to the church, is when woke people started do, um, presenting ideas to the church, like of liberalism and being more accepting of sin and renaming it and calling and changing the agenda. Um, what a lot of Christians were doing was they were just running away from it. Um, and they weren't standing up. And because they didn't stand up, those churches eventually became these churches that were so far from God in the first place. Like they just continued to walk farther. And these churches would start promoting things completely against the Bible. And they would completely diminish their beliefs because there were no real Christians that were to stand their ground because all the Christians fled. And they let the people who were already against the biblical aspect of the church just make it more and more unbiblical mm-hmm. and in america that's definitely something that happened we just got people got scared mm-hmm. christians got scared um and they just ran from problems and as much as that sucks you know i mean it just sucks and we just have to learn to adapt and reach these people who we've let become lost and and a lot of it's due to a lot of problems we have in society um, a lot of failed parenting um, a lot of people just needing to get help. But at the end of the day, I mean, every single person needs help, regardless yeah. if you're the richest person with the best lifestyle in the world or you're the lowliest, you're a homeless person, you're lost and stuff, you're addicted to a bunch of drugs. You you still need Jesus equally as much, mm-hmm. no matter how high or how low you are in society. Yeah. And sometimes the rich people are really not the happiest. Like you, oh, you could say, It happens yeah. all the time. Like, the more fame that you get, the more problems it brings, first of all. And you find a lot of people who, like celeb- celebrities, like of all, of all different types of backgrounds, they're not happy. Like mm-hmm. you see them still yeah. struggling with depression. You see them still struggling exactly. with suicidal ideations and, you know, always constantly feeling like sad and just kind of unloved or unwanted or unheard or unseen. It doesn't matter how much fame you get or like how much money you have, how much drug drugs you do. It doesn't bring happiness. It doesn't bring true joy. It doesn't bring all these things that the world promises you that it brings. And that's the biggest lie that we as people believe is that drugs, money, people, sex. status, sex, like all these different things bring you happiness. They bring you joy. They bring you, um, or it'll help you find the answers to life. All it does, like you've seen how it destroys people. I know that every single person like can say for themselves that they have seen somebody who has dabbled in some of these things and they're still not better off than anybody else. There, there once was a time, um, at some point I actually, in the, I would say closer towards the beginning, I had uh, a video go viral, maybe a little too soon that I wasn't prepared for and that I got the sense of pride from it. And it 
actually led me to going on a drought of just not posting for three months. Why is that? Um, because uh, I don't know. I just had this high and mighty sense of myself for whatever reason. And I realized that, oh, shoot, that's wrong. That's wrong. I should not get prideful. I should not be above. I should not feel, I shouldn't feel this overwhelmed. Like, oh, yeah, I'm satisfied. I, I had a video go viral. Oh, I'm getting famous now, you know? Um, and it took a little bit of training and understanding. Um, and I took probably like a two or three month hiatus. And then I, I came back. This was from earlier. Uh, this was from like, I'd say either December of last year to roughly March. I posted maybe a handful of videos, like four or five in that period. Whereas before I was posting two or three times a week. Yeah. So I just, I got faced with the reality that I needed to change and I needed to acknowledge God more and give him the credit and wasn't ever me. And ever since then, it's not negatively affected me and I've had amazing experiences because of it. Have you ever like tried to gain that same type of like, you know, posting some kind of other, you know, crazy video or like, you know, to, to earn that status quo like back, like trying to get that same type of feeling, that same type of following, the amount of likes. Yeah, yes and no. So all, any video I post that I, that I post is, is Christian-based content. Um, I did post something knowing that it was probably going to go viral. And in my, the back of my mind, I was thinking, I probably shouldn't post it if I know because it feels fruitless. It's not teaching anyone anything. And it's just reinforcing, you know, like Christian popularity club. Um, and I just, you know... And I've had a moments where I prayed to God and I talked to God about these things because I used to post these kind of videos that were, I would call them fun videos very regularly, but I stopped doing them, not because I felt God tell me not to, but because they were so good. They, the algorithms loved them. And I didn't like that the algorithms liked them. Was this during your time as a professional TikTok dancer? Luckily. <laughs> but um, I, did, I did not like that I knew what was probably going to be the outcome if I posted a certain video because what I liked, I liked it being organic. I liked people being taught things and I like being, I, I like being real with people. So when I post videos using trending sounds or trending trends and you know, stuff, I know that it's going to reach a lot of people and I, I, I don't necessarily want Christian popularity club. I do remember I do, I did experience being um, rebuked by God at one point for not po not wanting to post those videos still well, hasn't encouraged what me. What was to. that like? Um, like what happened? So I I was talking with someone and I go, I don't know why these stupid videos, these stupid Christian videos I make are the ones that go viral. And instantly the question arose was, what makes it stupid? Go, Ooh. oh, well, it's not teaching anyone. Uh, then, my, then I hear like fellowship, hello? This is Christians engaging with other Christians. This is encouraging to people. Exactly. And I realized that maybe there's a little more than to, to this than just, oh, I didn't, I put myself in the spotlight and I wish I didn't do that. So that's just it, yeah. How often do you um, face adversity in your social media? All the time. Uh, you mentioned my brief stint as a YouTuber. Um, <laughs> I... Um, I'll, I'll say something. As, as a YouTuber, I was actually not a family-friendly YouTuber, and I had a lot of, I would say, internet bullies and enemies 
that were borderline, I would say, I know that sounds really cringe to say it the way I did, but these guys were borderline psychopaths and um, they, they were uh, cyber criminals. So they were the people with the psychotic ability that they would call 911 and say, hey, uh, or, or no, they would call schools as your name and threaten to bomb it just so the police would arrest you. That's the kind of level of crazy these people were. Wow. And because of that, I got used to just accepting the bullying and just not feeling anything towards it. Just being like, yeah, whatever, right? And I don't respond to those video, those kind of comments. So I have a really thick skin when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um, people will comment all sorts of things like making fun of my appearance or my teeth or my beliefs or whatever. And if they're commenting just to make fun of me, I don't show it any attention because that's all they want. Um, if people ask questions and they ask controversial questions, I happily try to answer them. Obviously, I can't answer every question, but I do try. Like if I, someone asks me a question like, doesn't God like approve the killing of blank, blank, blank or whatever? Or does God approve blank, blank? I will try to uh, reply. Even if they sound like they're not receptive or like it just appears that they're just It's asking. still good for clarity. Yeah, I just, the, the idea is if you want to know information, happy to give it if you just want to criticize to criticize like you have no actual care behind it i'm i don't want to give the time of day to those kind of yeah. comments there's no need to feed it anyways yeah no it's it's all about just listening to everything and then only retaining the good mm. on the opposite spectrum like i imagine you get a lot of testimonies of like how your video came at the right time for someone listening how someone saw it and it like changed their perspective on Christianity or a family member, something. Yeah. Like how often do you think that happens for you? Um, the extent that people like, it's very rare that someone will reach out to me and tell me that it had that effect. Mm -hmm. And if they do, I'm so grateful and I'm happy. And it gives me a reason to make another one and keep going. Cause I know there's a tangible effect it has on people. Yeah. Um, overall, I would just say that, um, yeah, you, there are a few people that have been affected that they would go to the length to be like, Hey, this changed like everything. Yeah. And, um, again, it's nothing I did, Yeah. you know, it's only what God did through me. And the reason they saw it was because God put the message in my heart to put it onto a video. They gave them a phone to watch said video. Hey, yo, can you drop the hair routine? Um, I shower <laughs> right before I go to bed. I sleep. And I wake up and it looks like this. So that's the hair routine. <laughs> Amen. 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 <laughs> well. All right. Well, I, love the awkward I know every Where's time the new you. Crocs? Oh, the new Crocs. I did just go out and buy new Crocs today to replace the ones that I have ruined over the two year period of wearing my Crocs. Brand new blue Crocs. Blue is my favorite color. If you don't like it, I don't like you. Anyways. You're wearing um, red, though. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You're wrong, though, if you don't like the color blue. You in your field as a social media influencer, what would be your best advice to ask your younger self or just anyone starting out on their kind of mission for a social media gospel? Like, what, what would be your best advice? Or even as a believer. The best advice I'd give to someone trying to do online social media ministry is to learn how to use social media because social media is far different than any sort of traditional ministry opportunity. Um, I know a lot of churches who make videos for their church 
or for their youth group or their young adults or whatever program they have, um, but they make content for the church and rather content for the people. People on social media typically tend to be a little more selfish and they only want videos about them. If it makes them smile, if it makes them laugh. Now, if you're advertising an event at your church, find a way to incorporate it into a way that you can tell someone that it feels like they're getting something out of it, other than just knowing the date and time. Um, So when it comes to social media, it's learning how to use social media. And that's something I could never explain in a five minute question, you know, answer thing. It's just experience and a lot of trial and error. So to be honest, the best advice I'd give someone who wants to do social media and ministry second to that would be just do it. Just do it. We're not stealing that from Nike. You're not affiliated with Nike, (laughs) but just do it anyways. Even if you don't know what to do, because if you wait till you're perfect, you're never going to get started. So you just go out and get the work done. And over time, you're going to learn how to use everything. You'll learn how to use an editing software. You'll learn how to use a camera. You'll learn how to talk to people. You'll learn how to negotiate. All these important things that you're going to need to know, you're going to find them out in in the perfect time. Because if you're doing ministry with the work of God on your side, it's going to work out anyways. Amen. Trust the process. But anyways, thank you all for tuning in to the In Jesus Name podcast. Um, I'm your host, Max. That's Bryson. That's Kara. And um, I'd like to pray us out before we uh, all head out. So, Father God, I just want to thank you for this opportunity to all gather here together and to talk and to have a fruitful conversation. And I just want to pray over the listener or over the watcher of this episode that they would be blessed and that they would know more about you and that they would grow in their faith and that you would provide opportunities for them to grow as well. I thank you that you've worked in my heart and that you've worked in Bryson and Kara's heart and that lives are transformed because of you, Lord. I'm grateful for the testimonies we have, and in the name of Jesus, amen. All right, bye. 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 bye.